Welcome to the Two Nutrition Gals in a Mic podcast with Kim and Suzanne. Kim is a registered dietitian and Suzanne is a certified functional nutrition coach. We're two nutrition professionals with a passion for educating folks about the power that diet and lifestyle choices have on our mental and physical wellness. Our goal for this podcast is to provide information about common and sometimes not so common health and wellness issues and provide a perspective that may differ somewhat from what we've learned from conventional medicine. It's pretty informal, sometimes a little goofy, but always informative. That we can promise. Keep in mind, though, this podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or replace medical care. That being said, let's dive into our next episode. Hey, everyone. Hi, Kim. Hi, Suzanne. We're here again for our fifth episode. Who knew? Yeah, I wonder when we're going to get to a point where we stop counting our episodes. (laughs) Welcome to episode 256. <laughs> Maybe never. We have, well, we have a little ways to go before we get to that point. Anyway. Right. I hope everyone had a great week and that your Easter weekend brought you better weather than we had here in Halifax. Yeah, that was awful. Yes, it's been raining and cold and... Freezing rain. Freezing rain, snow. Yeah, we had it all, I think. Mm. So, you know, if you have any sun, please send it in our direction. We would be uh, it would be much appreciated because we're kind of tired of it so welcome to episode five uh and this is our our chat today is going to be about sugar we had a request yes we did right yeah from one of our loyal listeners maybe our loyalist (laughs) yeah our most loyalist listener ever um but, uh, yeah, so it's a fitting topic, I think, to get into right after Easter, for sure. Very fitting. Yeah, given the, I don't need a whole lot of sugar, but, man, I have a hard time at Easter time not not getting it in there. Partaking. Partaking, in yeah. Chocolate. In the sugar. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so here we go. Sugar. Is it really that bad? Let's find out. Let's find out. So, as far as I'm concerned, the answer is a big, fat yelp. My kids are always rolling their eyes and poking fun at me when I get going on my sugar rant, but in my defense, it's because of how much I've learned about the ways that it really is bad for the body. And I really only kind of thought it was about tooth decay. When I thought of sugar, that would be yeah, where I thought that I... certainly most common. Right. I don't want my kids to have sugar because I wanted to take care of their teeth and probably a little bit that I didn't want them to be too rambunctious, but tooth decay really was was the biggest one and that and that's a valid concern very valid for sure but there really is so much more when it comes to sugar Um, it's added to packaged and processed foods to enhance flavor and increase shelf life and if you if you've listened to any of our other episodes we keep making reference to the typical western diet but as is the case with unhealthy fats our typical diet also contains way too much added sugars some some uh, interesting stats about just how excessive sugar is in our diet. Adults tend to consume about 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. And kids, it, it's even higher. It's at 34 
probably likely due to beverages. Oh, oh a huge thing. Yeah, and I'm not sure. surprised it's that low, to be honest. Well, and that uh, that's probably average. So right. You're, you're right. That's that is low um, when you think about what you've seen some kids eat. Um, some oh, I just heard it described, or kind of to put it into relative terms, a way to to think about it. For us to consume 22 teaspoons of sugar a day at our size. And then you look at a child and how small they are, and they are that much higher. So relatively speaking, it's even higher than that. What it's doing, how much they're getting in their body per, you know, pound of body weight, and also kind of the effects that it can have on them will be amplified, I would think, that much more. because they're still developing and growing, so not only are they eating too much sugar, but what aren't they eating right now because they're filling up on sugar right and they don't and their even their tastes yep kind of change because they're not interested they'll, in eating yeah. the healthy they'll have that foods, sweet tooth right for life. right right if you, and that's that's something everybody um, i I got a lot of flack for trying to curb how much sugar my kids had um, but that that was probably part i mean i inherently you know it wasn't good for you but i i don't think i I didn't fully understand how bad it was but now i'm actually pretty grateful that i stopped that so yeah so now we i think maybe to start our conversation about sugar it might help to know what happens in our bodies when we eat sugar kim you got anything you got anything on that oh well i do (laughs) Not only is it important to know what sugar does in our body, but I think it's also important to know what we mean when we're talking about sugar. So sugar, when someone says sugar to me, I think of, you know, something sweet. And I guess that's the generic name for a sweet carbohydrate is sugar. So that could be table sugar or syrup or honey or anything along those lines. Um, just not to overcomplicate this, but I think it's important to just briefly touch on what sugar is. Um, it's made up of saccharides, which you will never see that anywhere. But <laughs> a saccharide just means a sweet carbohydrate. And so a monosaccharide is one, one. Molecule, molecule of a sweet carbohydrate. So there are only three monosaccharides. It's oh. glucose, fructose, and galactose. So everything that we taste as sweet is a combination of those three molecules. And that's it. Um, Disaccharides, so two sweet molecules. So I'll just go to sucrose, for example, because that's table sugar, is glucose and fructose. That's all it is. Um, That gets metabolized and absorbed in through our intestines as a molecule of glucose and a molecule of fructose, generally speaking, in a healthy individual with normal digestion. The one thing I wanted to point out when we talk about sugars, especially for the purpose of this discussion, would be starches. Mm -hmm. So uh, white bread, white flour. um, White rice. White rice. Um, If you make pancakes and it's 90% white flour, you really should be looking at that as sugar. Um, Starches are just made up of molecules of glucose. Longer chains, so 
you know, they may take a tiny bit longer to digest and, and raise your blood sugar levels than, say, um, straight table sugar, but it's not that big of a difference. Once it's broken down in your body. It's right? absorbed Once- as glucose molecules exactly the same way as white sugar on the table does or honey or syrup or any of those other Agave kind of... or... Yeah. Can't think of anything else. And so that's what we're talking about today: is what happens when we actually absorb these sweeteners into our bodies. So when you think of sugars, make sure you're including those starchy foods, uh, including starchy vegetables like potatoes and sweet potatoes, um, squash. Now, you know, obviously there's lots of fiber in those, and there's lots of other healthy components of that. But it is a starchy vegetable. Anytime you think of starch, think of glucose. Think of sugar. It's essentially doing the same thing in your body. So, now that we know what sugar is and, um, you know, what we mean by sugar, um, I just wanted to mention that how we metabolize it and, and the links to health. So, glucose is used by every cell in the body. It gets absorbed and um, the cells use it for energy. So, super important. Super important. For sure. Yeah. In the right amount. In the right amount and the right kinds. <laughs> uh, fructose, uh, co- on contrary to glucose, is metabolized in the liver, and it's often it, it's metabolized through a fat pathway. So a lot it goes into triglycerides and it raises your triglycerides level. It will eventually change into glucose or ketones or other forms that the body can use as energy. But fructose, um, because of that metabolic pathway, is um, linked to higher weight gains, uh, higher triglyceride levels in the body. So just something to keep in mind. Um, and so what are our sources of sugar? Um, sugar, obviously. Yeah, table sugar. Diet. Yep, yep. Um, just a couple things I wrote down quickly. We'll get into this a little bit more, but like maple syrup, honey, pasta, white bread, molasses... And alcohol. Oh yeah, that's a big one. Don't forget. Don't forget the alcohol. About alcohol and sugar. Um, so we it's thought, broken down the same way, right? It is. It's in the liver. It's broken down the exact, exact same, same way. way yep. Yeah. Um, so we thought it would be helpful to talk about some common symptoms people may be experiencing that could be made worse by overconsumption of sugar. There are so many common everyday symptoms that many of us experience that can be at least in part caused or even made worse by a high sugar diet and that by reducing or eliminating um, and just so you know it is actually possible to eliminate sugars added sugars from your diet because I did it uh, it's not easy but anyway there it, it is possible it is. and it and it is effective so um, I think it's important to point these out because I I believe there are many folks who really wouldn't associate some of these uh, these conditions or issues necessarily with high sugar or understand that they can be alleviated when, uh, if not entirely, but greatly alleviated by um, reducing or eliminating sugar from your diet. So things like uh, depression, anxiety, mood disorders, sugar has a huge effect on those uh, those conditions. And uh, I, I've had several clients actually that I've helped out very significantly just by recommending that they 
cut out a lot of sugar in their diet. Well, when you think about the sugar high, absolutely, it, it has great effect on your absolutely. brain function. Brain function, and then you have that sugar low. Yep, yep. Which again, you've got the highs and the lows. People jump right to depression or or or, and it does cause anxiety. There's no question, but it's not necessarily. Um, a condition that needs a medication to to help doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't make it, everything go away. But um, but sugar actually just just understand and remember that sugar has a really significant effect on any kind of uh, mood or or brain health mood disorder or brain health. A joint and muscle pain again huge for people that have. Um, either an autoimmune type of condition or arthritis or even just sore. Lots of times if your muscles are just sore, it could be made worse by your consumption of sugar. Weight gain, constant hunger are um, significant symptoms or issues that can be associated with too much sugar. Fatigue and just can't seem to get yourself to have any energy. Trouble sleeping, that's a big one. Digestive troubles, I could go on for on and on. days about that sort of thing. Uh, constipation and diarrhea, and also frequent infections. If you're somebody that eats a whole lot of sugar, that um, and also somebody that ends up sick a lot, uh, that could be your cause. It could have something to do with how much sugar you're eating. So one of the biggest drivers of a lot of these symptoms is inflammation. Um, as somebody with an auto, um, autoimmune condition, inflammation is always on my mind. There's that word Just again. That, there, there we go. Yeah, everywhere. yeah, it's everywhere. It really is. Uh, and if you're someone with chronic or systemic inflammation, sugar can make it worse for sure. So a lot of those conditions, not conditions, sorry, uh, symptoms that I outlined, um, the inflammation is the driver behind a lot of them. So that would be kind of the, the cause of them or, or the, um, the reason that they're, they're coming out. And if you're someone with chronic or systemic inflammation, sugar's making it worse, as I said. Things like um, allergies, asthma, autoimmune diseases, arthritis, even heart disease, dementia, diabetes, cancer, those are all uh, in, uh, uh, conditions, sorry, that, uh, that are Linked to linked to inflammation, yeah. yeah, and driven by and made worse by in many cases. Uh, for any client I have that's dealing with an autoimmune or chronic inflammation conditions, I recommend that they start by eliminating three things from their diet, regardless of really who they are and what their condition is. Uh, and those are gluten, dairy, and sugar. So of all the unhealthy things that we eat that I could recommend somebody cut out of their diet, sugar comes in as the top three. And as I mentioned earlier, I have done it. I'm, I'm I shame, ashamed to admit that I am not completely sugar-free right now. Not really ashamed, but you know what I mean. Here I am. I preach need to it. practice what I preach, exactly. Yeah. But when I was first diagnosed, I did eliminate sugar from my diet, and it had a huge impact on improving my symptoms for sure. So that's, I mean, I really can speak from experience when it comes from that. Uh, consuming a high amount of sugar on a regular basis, it causes a low-grade inflammation. It's almost like the body is kind of simmering on high alert or on, on, a, on an alert 
to either fight what's in there or it's at the ready to fight what could be there. But your body's, even though your body's always ready, regardless of what's going on, it's ready to help you and fight and save you and and get rid of all the bad stuff. It shouldn't be, there shouldn't be constant inflammation in there. Uh, it should just be able to kind of turn on and off. And the, the way it works is you consume sugar. When you consume sugar, it promotes the release of inflammatory compounds in the body. And this inflammation, low-grade simmer that, Many, probably, I would hazard to guess most of us have that, just given what's in the foods we eat now. But it leads to tissue and, or it can lead to tissue and cell damage. Uh, and just, just kind of a, some information about inflammation markers. So C-reactive protein is the measure of inflammation in the blood, and that's the test that they'll do uh, to find out how much inflammation you have in your body. Uh, that's and that's the test they do it for several things. I know several. that's what they did for mm-hmm. for my condition, but I know they do it for others as well. Um, and it's been shown that diets high in added sugar cause a higher C-reactive protein in the blood, and that when the sugar is eliminated or, or greatly reduced, the CRP levels drop significantly. So it's very directly related to um, to the to the level, like the inflammation levels in your body can be very directly linked to consumption of sugar and, and greatly affected by both of those. So inflammation, we know, as Suzanne has talked about, is linked to many chronic illnesses. Um, I'm going to speak about cardiovascular disease and sugar and inflammation just for a second here. So um, sugar consumption is linked to inflammation, and inflammation is linked to cardiovascular disease and high sugar consumption. So um, if, you're con- if you're consuming high sugar, then your risk of heart disease and vascular disease goes up. The reason for that is because the excess glucose, for example, that is circulating in our blood that maybe our cells don't use up is metabolized in the liver. I already talked about fructose. It's metabolized in the liver, and so is the other. I said there was three monosaccharides. Mm-hmm. Galactose is also metabolized in the liver. Um, and, and this excess of sugar can overload the liver, and the liver converts it to fat, same as alcohol, yeah, just like we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and this increases your risk of fatty liver. It increases triglyceride levels in the blood and we all know the link to triglyceride levels and heart disease so it so when it converts them if we're not if we don't need them for energy then it stores them is that right the liver will store them okay so everything gets stored as fat right that's why we put weight on when we overconsume. right and we don't use it we don't need it but we keep it yeah okay um fructose is different because it goes right through that fat pathway and then it has to be converted back if you need to use that for energy Um, so it's hard on the liver Um, if you don't use the energy that you've eaten so the glucose in your blood then it goes to fat that's how we put weight on Um, it also high sugar levels in your blood can um, decrease the elasticity of blood vessels, mm-hmm. and therefore that can cause further contribute to heart disease. Heart issues. Yeah, it can okay. narrow them, um, which can lead to blockages. Yeah. It can increase the blood pressure, and 
I mean, far-reaching effects. It can affect sure. your, that blood vessel effect can affect your eyes, can affect your kidneys. Um, so again, there's a huge, it's sugar, right? So, so when, when you think of sugar, I just don't think very many people realize that it's, it's not a good thing for it. We need some of it like everything else, but it has more far reaching effects right. than just unhealthy for you or, or just even you know gaining weight or, right. or to, tooth decay. Like heart disease is a really serious issue. Well, and it goes to added sugars, I think is what we're talking about. It's very difficult to overconsume sugar if you're eating it from fruit or anywhere uh-huh. that it occurs naturally. Um, even starches, if you're going to go to the whole grain version of those starches, then it slows that blood sugar. It has less sugar. of a negative yeah. effect. Yeah. 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 When I say sugar, I, I absolutely 100% do not mean fruits and vegetables. Right. Because they do have a different effect. It's still sugar, but it's certainly very differently broken down, metabolized yeah. in the well, body. Well, it's in combination with other um, nutraceutical type compounds that... You know, it's like the trans fats. Yep. And, you know, naturally occurring trans fat don't have the near the same health effect on you that the artificial the ones do. So the same can be said with sugar. And I think as we go on, we'll probably say that more than About a lot of things. Get your, you know, your nutrition from whole foods. Yeah, not processed things. So I um, actually found an article written by Harvard Health. And this article um, kind of summed up a study that was done there and it said the risk of dying of heart disease rose in conjunction with the percentage of sugar in the diet and this was independent of the person's age sex physical activity level or weight so this was a study that compared sugar consumption and cardiovascular disease and they said absolutely there was a link for even people that weren't overweight, for even people that were oh, active, healthy, yeah. um, if they overconsume sugar. So overconsumption of sugar and not being overweight. So if, if that's all you ate and you burned those calories, you would not put on weight, but you're still exposing your body to those inflammatory properties that mm-hmm. sugar gives. And the tissue and cell damage that yeah. results because of the inflammation. They also dismissed the claim that the risk of heart disease was not because of the high consumption of sugar, but the lack of consumption of fruit and vegetables. So that's like a, called a co-founding effect on a study that, you know, is it because of the high sugar consumption that we got these results or is it because of the co-founding factors of that they ate less fruits and vegetables? But, but they dismiss, dismiss that claim. Um, I didn't read the actual study. This was just an article about the study. So however they designed the study, they were able to dismiss the claim that it was not... Not just because... Yeah, that it was they weren't directly the linked to yeah. sugar consumption. Yeah. So, um, Suzanne, you talked earlier about how much sugar people eat. I just want to mention that the recommendation is for women six teaspoons or 24 grams of sugar, and for men nine teaspoons or 36 grams of sugar. That's the maximum of, of added sugar that they are saying someone should consume. I mean, you mentioned children were having, on average, 34 Crazy. grams. Their recommendation is 4 grams and they're per, uh, for, for children. For children. And so, they're at, my my stat I had was 34. Yeah. Te- sorry, 4 teaspoons, not 4 grams. 4 teaspoons. And they're getting 34 teaspoons. Yeah. 
which is what, 64 teaspoons, four is Whatever, 34 grand, times right? four. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and just so you know, uh, one 12-ounce can of soda, so just one of those small cans of Coke, contains nine teaspoons of sugar. So that would be the maximum for men and would be, you're already over-consuming added sugars for women. So it's not very much sugar that the recommendation is um, to consume. Another surprising little tidbit for folks is that sugar, or it might be surprising for folks, sugar actually suppresses the immune system. When we eat sugar, our immune function is decreased for hours. I've, um, I've, I've seen it described, I thought it was funny, um, or a great way to picture it, is, is uh, putting our white blood cells into a coma. So several studies have recently come out about this, and one showed that the effectiveness of the immune system after we consume sugar, after somebody consumes sugar, decreases up to 50% for one to two hours after you've had it, and lasted up to five hours. And when you, when you think of that, to put it into perspective, it, it's, I mean, it's not good for anyone, but it's especially not good for anyone during a pandemic. So, it, and it's definitely not good for our kids. Um, so if you, and you, again, think about how much kids eat sugar and how many times you see a, a child with even straight sugar, not, not just added sugar. You've got suckers or yeah. ice cream or uh, chocolate, like even, you know, kind of higher quantities of it. It, and that doesn't even take into consideration the hidden sugars in things like ketchup, barbecue sauce, yeah. salad dressings. Condiments. Con- right, exactly. So it's, um, it's, it can, su- by suppressing the immune system, if you're somebody that eats a whole lot of sugar, and I, one of the symptoms I mentioned was frequent infections. Well, if you're sick all the time and your diet contains high levels of sugar, that and you eat so you eat sugar or something that has sugar in it and your immune system is suppressed for up to, up to well let's just say 2 hours but then after 2 hours you eat something else that has sugar yeah. in it and then it's suppressed for another 2 hours and then another it just it continues and anytime that you're exposed to something doesn't mean you're going to catch it but if you're somebody that gets frequent infections your diet and how much sugar you you consume can have a huge effect on that. So it's it's uh, something to keep in mind when if you're if you're dealing with some of those issues that we talked about, and, and even I think even for the heart disease or mm-hmm. or a lot of even more serious issues, not just the kind of symptoms that we were talking about. Well, I know at work, um, residents that develop wounds and have diabetes, it's very 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 difficult to heal those wounds. Now, part of that is because with diabetes, you can get vascular and blood flow problems. But even, you know, with people that don't have vascular problems, just that high level of blood sugar Mm -hmm. going to those wounds and feeding bacteria. Whatever bacteria or virus. It's really, really challenging to heal those wounds. It really speaks to how important it is to pay attention to what you're eating um, and making sure that you're eating again the whole foods that we keep going back to, but it's it's it also ties into what we're dealing with right now um, with COVID, and that it really does make a difference how you eat and what you eat, and the amount of actual food 
yeah. as opposed to processed food that you eat uh, will will absolutely help keep you healthier and, and improve your overall wellness in general. And I think if you're opening a package, whether it's a cardboard package or a tin or anything, you can assume there's sugar added to yeah, it because yeah. it is that prevalent. And you can also assume that it's not going to be as healthy as eating something that's grown Fresh. or or, yeah, or yeah. even frozen or frozen frozen yeah, yeah. doesn't but wrong, help. yeah right not something that's been made in a factory so yeah. even when you look at things like um i mean i i do gluten-free so i will buy gluten-free crackers i do pay attention to what's on the label but it doesn't matter it's in a package so it's not as healthy even as if i made the crackers myself exactly i just will admit that I'm often too lazy to make them myself, but it it's not just because it's gluten-free or because it has less of something that we're telling you. It, it's great that you're not doing, um, you know, it, it's great that you're not eating the full-on things that are going to affect your body, but, but it's better to, it's just better not to eat those things if you can or to reduce how much you're eating those things because it will help you improve your overall health and wellness. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue into diabetes. There we go. And sugar consumption. So and diabetes really is the is I guess I didn't mention this earlier, but when I think of sugar, besides tooth decay, diabetes would be the other condition. That so that's debate sugar in my world mm-hmm. um, does not cause diabetes. Certainly not good for diabetes. No, and I think that's, that's where I, I associate yeah. people who eat lots of sugar and have been diagnosed with diabetes. That's not necessarily correct, but that's where yeah. it goes in my head. It's indirectly related, mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah. Um, there are people that feel differently, but... Oh, and I'm sure that's the case, but I know that anytime that, you know... Well, anybody growing up, anyone, when diabetes, I think of that. It is the focus yes. of their nutrition. Well, and a sugar issue, I guess, or, or something related to sugar. So right. just a, my lack of understanding of it before I got into all of this. So diabetes, and I'm also going to talk about weight gain, and because um, they're so closely, closely linked. linked. Uh, we're talking specifically of type 2 diabetes, and that is where your cells become insensitive to insulin, or our body doesn't produce enough insulin. So we talked about glucose being the energy source of all the cells in our body and probably a preferred choice of Mm -hmm. energy. It's the most efficient at using it, but it needs insulin to get into the cells. So think of insulin as something that shuttles the glucose or fuel into the shell. Knocks on the door. Right. Knocking on the door. The exception is muscle tissue which can use glucose when you're exercising and that's why people that are insulin resistant can still help manage their blood sugar levels with exercise strictly type 2 diabetes Uh it's very different for type 1 and Susanna and I just briefly talked about there being a third type of diabetes Um, it's not I've never seen someone diagnosed with it but it's linked to vascular um and Alzheimer's. So mm. I've seen it. I've seen them. People say dementia is is has started to be considered as type three type three right. diabetes. But for this 
episode of our podcast, we're talking about type 2 diabetes. And it used to be called adult onset. Mm-hmm. And that's because children never never got it. There and were actually zero cases yeah. of childhood or juvenile diabetes in 1980 in no, North America. Um, you mean um, juvenile diabetes is type 1. So Sorry. Well, yes. Sorry. Yeah, just zero cases of type 2. Of children that had... Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So... Um, that changed because the level of childhood obesity went up. And that's where this link between sugar and weight gain and diabetes lies. Um, So just to let you know how it goes. So we eat, I'll keep it simple. We eat a tablespoon of sugar. (laughs) That very quickly goes through our stomach into our intestine and is readily absorbed into our blood sugar levels. That's why people that have diabetes that are having sugar lows, if you give them a drink of something like a juice, it very quickly helps their blood sugar because that process is quick. So now our blood sugar levels have risen in our blood and our body recognizes that and our pancreas secretes insulin which again i said shuttles that blood sugar into our cells so now the insulin is secreted and the blood sugar goes into our cells and now our blood sugar levels drop another message is sent and we stop producing insulin the body's such a cool thing. It's very oh, smart. wow. And efficient. It doesn't yeah. produce anything yeah. it doesn't need, and it will reduce or increase as needed, and that's insulin. So that's when everything's working perfectly. For whatever reason, with obesity or weight gain, that insulin ability to shuttle glucose into the cells is inhibited or restricted it's not completely eliminated otherwise you'd have to go on insulin or you'd have to you know figure out go on other medications but well and, it, and you can correct it that's also the thing too you can, it can it's reversible corrected. that's yeah. correct um yeah. provided it's caught soon enough mm-hmm. right oh if yeah you, yeah the so if you have if you're overweight and you become insulin resistive then the cells are not reacting to the insulin like they should, and therefore the glucose is not able to go into the cells, and your blood sugar stays high. Your pancreas produces more insulin because it's recognizing that the blood sugar is high, and basically it can't produce enough. Um, so one thing that I had seen or I, in one of the courses that I took, the way that the prof described it, or one of one of the ways that this happens, he was saying that, and this is relative to your sugar intake, the more your, um, this is where he, he kind of considered the insulin is like knocking at the door or, you know, it's knocking, 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 and you keep producing, producing, yeah. you're eating the sugar. Yeah. It keeps, it's eventually, it's like crying wolf. It eventually yeah. just says, you know, screw you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Well, right. So he said it almost, it's almost like a fatigue. I was going to say, yeah. it's like, you know, if you think of your insulin production, um, has you know it doesn't have unlimited Mm -mm, capabilities and if we ate a healthy diet it would be no problem but you know if you put all this stress on your pancreas to produce more and more and more and more insulin then at some point it's not going to no no and it learns right it'll learn that i'll I'll keep doing it it's not doing anything so this is a waste of time right you talked about efficiency that is the mechanism the body has is when the blood sugar's up it produces insulin Mm -hmm. so if that blood sugar stays up it's just going to keep producing more and more insulin Mm -hmm. And your cells kind of the, the the receptors kind of ignore it, right? They've they've had well, they they I haven't read. I, I don't think they're entirely sure what that 
insulin how it actually works yeah, yeah. like what what the cause of it is um I, I've tried to find out, and maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, yeah. but I haven't been able to find an answer that either A, a I understand, or, or, B, you or B, that they've actually said this, this is the reason why. Yeah. So it is still, I think, very much unknown as what causes this insulin in, in, insensitivity and why we're not able to use use it with obesity. But what they do know, though, is that it's it's a big deal. It is a it's a real oh, driving geez. factor. High blood glucose, right? glucose levels, yeah. as we've talked about, is damages everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because it's something that we need to survive, but it can also kill us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a, it's that weight gain that comes with a diet that's high in sugar, and part of it is that fructose consumption and its propensity to make fat um but the reality is if you're consuming a lot of sugar you're likely consuming a high caloric diet and, as and well. not not a lot of right you're just other you're displacing foods. other healthy yeah. healthy foods yeah. but you also um, don't it doesn't have to be with um, associated with overweight, either. No, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Like I, we talked about that I think earlier. That, that if is you're the case. still eating um, high amounts of sugar, but you're burning it off, you're still exposing yourself to those inflammatory properties. Yep, and you can still have the issues with the insulin resistance. So, fat. It's very complicated. So you have, it's called white fat. That's collected on your hips, your arms, and your legs. It's considered, I guess, healthy fat in a way as opposed ha, to... Ha, ha. <laughs> well, no. It might a, be healthy, but it's not... We need some fat. Yes, no, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Those are the areas that most women certainly would like to not have that healthy fat. Well, if you compare it to your abdominal Well, that's obesity, true. That's about that's, a fat, for sure. That's kind of where... Um, if you're consuming too much sugar, that's where this the uh, middle, the, yeah, what is the spare tire, yeah, you know, and it's it, it, you know you get fatty liver because the fat starts to accumulate around your organs and it's not it's not good, no, no. Um, so obesity so can also interfere with this metabolic function of fat t- tissues. Um, and it creates this inflammatory environment, as we've all been talking about. You're going to get sick of hearing that. And, it, and that might be part of the reason why the cells are not able to use insulin. Uh, sugary beverages contribute to weight gain by tricking the body into turning off its appetite control system because liquid calories are not as satisfying no, as solid calories. No, so They don't fill you up as much. You don't have to chew. And and, uh, and to digest them takes a whole lot. Digesting less. is nothing. But even the act of biting and chewing, you might think it's petty, but that is a big part of signaling to the mm-hmm. brain and the hormones it secretes and releases is that you're eating. So you might, if you down a can of Coke, you might be all bloated and feel full, but that's likely because of the carbonation, and that goes away very, very quickly. So then you end up eating more, drinking more, and and the net at the end of the day is that you've consumed too many calories. Um, And not good ones. Empty calories. Well, the sugar, right? That's exactly what they are, is that they are empty calories. So... um, it also high sugar consumption and therefore high blood sugar can interfere with leptin hormones. And leptin is the hormone that turns on and off hunger. So leptin is is 
kind of one of the hormones that plays a role in whether you're hungry or not or Mm -hmm. whether you're hungry an hour after you eat or five hours after you eat. So it kind of messes with that. And I think that goes to the psychological process of eating, chewing, biting, if you're just drinking it. Um, And I think that's why kids consume so much um, sugar is because of the fruit uh, fruitopia right or, right oh all it's juice well oh, it's not really no no and it's it and even real juice you can really really stuff. really over consume sugar especially in kids it's water would be your best choice um, i think the misconception too is when you're when you're drinking or you're giving kids uh uh fruit juice even if it's completely 100 percent fruit juice or organic or there's still those things certainly affect um very quickly will affect their blood sugar so yeah it's healthier than uh, let's say yeah pop pop, but but it's it's still something to think about give them an orange glass of water so that right so that a they get used to drinking water and b they're getting all the other goodness that's inside the actual fruit or the vegetable yeah is my take. And one other thing I read was that fructose can significantly increase levels of ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. Hunger. So that's what your body, your brain is is secreting when you're hungry, is that hormone. So fructose can trick your body into secreting it so you feel hungry sooner. So sugar um, is directly linked to obesity, which is directly linked to diabetes. Diabetes, which is another really common really serious condition right uh here's the thing kind of taking it from the whole tricking your your uh brain or your body into thinking that it's not hungry enough or it hasn't eaten enough that uh kind of has to do with the fact that it's it's quite a or one of the reasons is it's very addictive sugar's super super addictive um and it's actually uh i've seen it listed as one of the most addictive substances on the planet. The reason for that is that it stimulates the reward centers in the brain and it basically makes you feel good. There's not a whole lot of people that eat sugar that, I mean, I suppose some of us would wish we didn't eat it later on, but we eat it because it makes us feel good when we when we consume it. So well, it's a quick source of energy. It, well, you, yeah, you think and of, it tastes good. When you think of those three o'clock lows that... I know I experience at work every day. It's yeah. like if I go eat a cookie you or have some, it, it's quick, quick. source and, of energy. And it's delicious. And right? But the problem with that is that then now we're used to that. Right. And so our body doesn't metabolize our stores of blood, like glycogen yep. that could then increase our blood sugar naturally yep. with our stores. So it doesn't do it. No. And it's, and also, it's a vicious cycle. And it remembers, it remembers how you felt. So your brain remembers it felt really good. So from the very first taste that we get in our mouth, when sugar hits our taste buds, it activates and releases uh, serotonin, which, again, is the feel-good hormone. So, right. um, Which is a normal pro. Anything oh, we have that is absolutely. enjoyable or is pleasurable release the serotonin. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you don't like to think that it's linked to things that are actually harming us. Alcohol, drugs, same thing. Yeah. No, no, it is. And it's, it's interesting because, um, I, I don't, I mean, I know there are adults that are addicted to sugar, but we often see or hear people refer to their kids as being addicted to sugar. And, and it's actually a thing. It, it, they do get like that. And even if it's just from juice, juice can cause the same kind of uh, reaction and, um, and feel good kind of 
feelings uh, as uh, as a sucker or a, yeah. you know a candy yeah. or whatever, or even a slice um, of white bread. Well, yeah, you well, know, absolutely. What we talked about that you have to look at it in the big picture. Yeah, because it does have the same effect on the brain. Um, so sugar it, and my kids are. This is another thing. My kids are always rolling their eyes and poking fun at me for saying this, but sugar activates the same opioid receptors in the brain as heroin. So when you think of that, uh, it's actually, it's realistic, completely realistic that sugar is hard to, the sugar habit is hard to break. Um, and it, so when we eat sugar, it releases endorphins and it combines with other chemicals in the body, which again is that, as Kim mentioned, results in the surge of energy. So not only does it taste good, it feels good, it gives us the quick sugar reaction high. that we're looking for, right? That's what we want to have. So um, then people, you know, because it, um, when you mentally connect sugar with, the energy you're looking for or the or the reaction or the feel good whatever it is that you're looking for with it or from it um you can become dependent on it and it's it's usually not on purpose but the more you do that it's like anything else the more you smoke the more you're going you're going to want to smoke the more the more you drink typically the more you like to drink well and i don't think it's something people consciously are even aware of no i think no no they it's completely just inadvertent. no what when they feel good and well, they just reach for the same old thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I can tell you when you become aware of it is when you have to try to stop, stop it. it. Yeah. <laughs> because as everything else, it really is um it was a total eye opener for me to comp- to have seen it compared to a drug. Um and and I again, it's 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 not it doesn't have the same um it may not happen as quickly or it may not to have the same effects, but but the actual mechanism that that it uses or, or that it follows is is the same or is very similar. So again, eventually you end up with um, you crave sugar to fix your emotions, right? Look at that when when people are how many women our age especially are like, oh, I just need a little bit of sugar I just, or chocolate. I need to have a piece of chocolate. So. You're balancing irritability, emotional lows, and, and other things. And so eventually you have your control over avoiding the sugar foods is limited. You you just really feel that you want to do it. So as I said, when you the hard part is when you realize it is when you've either you have to give it up or you've decided you're going to give it up because because uh, it's a little challenging. But but Thankfully for us, we're here to tell you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Some easy, not not so easy, but some tips that actually do yeah. work. Right. When it comes to um, trying to break. Reduce your sugar that, intake. Yeah, and break yeah. the sugar habit. Yeah. So our first tip in reducing sugar uh, in your diet is to make sure that you're eating fat and protein and carbs every time you eat whether that be a meal or a snack you don't yeah snacks yeah that's a big deal so you know an example of a snack that would contain all of those would be a half a banana and a handful of nuts Mm -hmm. so you got your protein fat and carbs and that just helps regulate your blood sugar levels it takes a little bit longer to digest and it just makes you feel full longer uh, be careful what you're drinking so my suggestion would be to drink water 
uh, or carbonated water. Uh, and if you want to flavor your water, you can add fruit or some people will cucumber, lemon, lime. Just try to, you, you want to drink those as opposed to soda. So carbonated water is one possible way to switch your soda habit or your pop habit if you have one. Um, but try to drink, like avoid the juice, sugary sodas and juices and instead try to switch to water or carbonated water. No sugary desserts. So if you're someone that likes to have something a little sweet, uh, try some fresh fruit, fruit. Uh, even plain yogurt with fruit, dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. is a great way to reduce mm-hmm. your sugar. There's not a lot of sugar in that. So those are just a couple ideas you can try to have instead of uh, something sweeter or a baked. piece of cookie. cheesecake yeah. or cookie or, yeah. or ice try cream. Try fresh fruit and cheese or, you know, just something yep. to break those habits. Uh, watch your condiments because they tend to be very high in sugar. I have a bottle of ketchup here, and it has 5 grams of sugar in one teaspoon. So I know my youngest would go through easily five of those servings when he's eating many of the things that he puts ketchup with. We're always yelling at him. But yeah, yeah, so condiments tend to be really high in sugar, so be careful of those and try to stick to things, more natural things like lemons and limes, uh, herbs and spices uh, like mustard, garlic, pesto, vinegar, so things that again are more natural, less processed than what you're going to get in a in a condiment jar. I actually have a great homemade ketchup recipe that I'll post on my website, and I'll put the, I'll actually put the link on our Facebook page as well. So awesome! Yeah, you can try that. Initially, avoid starchy vegetables. So we're trying to kick that craving for that quick rush of energy from these. Uh, glucose molecules. So avoid squash, potatoes, sweet potatoes, peas, lentils, corn, parsnips, beans, and chickpeas for about a week, I'd Mm -hmm. say. And then you can absolutely add them back in. They are healthy for you, but when we're trying to kick this kind of sugar habit... And resensitize your taste buds and things like that. And the brain. So avoid those initially. Uh, try to keep your blood sugar balanced. So by avoiding spikes and drops in your blood sugar, that actually will help control your cravings. And the, one of the best ways to do that is to eat breakfast every day. So you wake up in the morning and you can't, you, you want to watch what you're eating for breakfast, but you want to make sure you're eating something. So um, your blood sugar is low, so it's a, you really should be eating something. But a lot of us will grab for or gravitate toward cereals but you have to watch that too because cereals are often high carb and so the high carb um yeah will refine refined carbs sorry yeah added sugar right so they're high in sugar they're high in carb refined carbs and so your blood sugar will actually spike the same way as if you've eaten something that's let's say a cookie so, um, if you eat something, let's say, uh, I, I love oatmeals, yeah, oatmeals, oatmeal, awesome. oatmeal or yeah. an overnight oats. Those are, are, um, a whole grains that will take longer, um, complex carbs, right? That'll yeah. take longer to digest. And that way you're going to avoid the super high spike in your blood sugar. And then the, the really low, yeah, the 10 o'clock hunger pain right, and that right. low energy. So like a bagel, I know a lot of people that eat a bagel or 
a muffin. Mm-hmm. You might as well have a piece of cake. Yeah, really. And people don't think of it that way. But right. if you can eat something that will will digest slower in or take longer to digest in your body, then you can you'll be full a little longer. And then when it comes time for your snack, you won't have that ravenous yeah. need for whatever. And again, if you do, like Kim said, the first point was to eat fat, protein carbs in what you're eating then your blood sugar is more even as opposed to the highs and the lows also get enough sleep so we talk about that lows these lows that you're probably going to feel when you eliminate sugar from your diet well if you compound that with being overtired it makes it very very difficult to stay on the path well have any willpower when you're tired yeah so get enough sleep and don't shop when you're hungry. The worst time for me to go shopping is right after work. And then anything goes. It's just you fill oh, the cart. So plan for shopping. And just as a challenge, try just shopping in the vegetable and, yeah. the, and the meat department. And see what you come home with and see if you can make that work. Yeah. And there are ways to make it work. You sometimes have to get a little more creative. But, well, it takes practice. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's no different. It's a practice that you'll eventually get used to become normal so it's no different than kind of your brain will get used to not eating and your taste buds will get used to not eating the sugars so much your your routine will become that you're going to use these foods to satisfy yourself and just uh, one quick reminder that the natural sugars are okay Mm -hmm. so don't worry about the sugars that are occurring in your fruit and vegetables no that's not what we're talking about at all one important thing to note is uh when you do initially give up sugar or greatly reduce it um you, you will likely i um i don't i think it's probably likely for most folks that you're going to kind of experience some crappy symptoms withdrawal yeah yeah exactly so things like anxiety um you you may be a little irritable moody headache uh cravings fatigue sorry fatigue uh and sleep issues um those those are quite likely to happen when you first give it up kind of like when you're giving up coffee or or if you give up anything right so um i didn't find that they lasted a whole lot of time but i did experience them for sure so uh just be aware that that'll happen and and don't don't stop don't give up yeah don't give up because because it's not long no no and it's so worth it the benefits far outweigh the uh kind of the crappy part of it there's a couple days of crappiness yep no no for sure maybe a week so we've gone on maybe a little bit longer than we have in all of our four other episodes (laughs) all four of them (laughs) but it's a topic that um it's a pretty broad topic it's and it's important there's a lot of important parts to it and i think that we uh, certainly haven't covered it all, but we did try to cover as, mu- as much as we could in this time span. So uh, just to summarize quickly what we've talked about when it comes to sugar, uh, it, it is actually, in our opinion, something that's that's not good for us. We shouldn't be eating as much of the added sugar that we eat, and most of us do eat too much, in fact, or have too much added sugar in our diet. Yeah. Um Sugar consumption is also directly linked to many chronic health conditions and symptoms. We spoke of immune inflammation and diabetes, obesity, but there's many, many more. Gut health, um, uh, what do we say, weight gain, yeah. uh, well, that's obesity. 
um, sleeping, um, all like all kinds of things. There's so yeah. many joint and, and well, muscle Well, it, it causes inflammation, which is contributes to just to, to any type of yep. cro- illness, yep, chronic or otherwise. Uh, simply reducing, uh, uh, you know, again, that being said, simply reducing your intake of sugar, added sugar, will reduce your symptoms, and it will definitely reduce the risk of these chronic diseases. Read the labels. So if you're buying something that's been prepackaged, do you have to assume that there's been added sugar to it? Because it's added to everything. It's added, yeah. It's a preservative. It's Makes flavorful. It better. Uh, people like it. So look at the label and, and just remember that we're saying nine teaspoons for men, six teaspoons for women, and four teaspoons for kids. And that's per day. The maximum. Yes. It's not a recommended no, amount. No, it's no. the maximum. <laughs> Um, so some of those you'll be shocked to see how much sugar in it, ketchup, like Suzanne talked about. So, mm-hmm. And pay attention to the serving size because sometimes, you know, they're very small and we eat two or three servings to make kind of a typical serving size. Yeah, because the serving sizes oftentimes are smaller than any normal human being like can who, stop themselves. Who to eats eat. a tablespoon of ketchup when they're eating fries? Right. Like, Right, for as you example. said, there's like ten tablespoons for a package of them or a or a, a plate of them. Yeah. Um, and one rule of thumb that I use when I'm buying, I'd love to uh, say that I don't buy packaged food. Um, I do, sadly, but I do. I am very careful about what I buy, and when I do, I read the labels and I try to make sure that I keep the added sugar i don't buy anything that has an added sugar uh content of higher than nine i try to keep it around five or six grams per serving so and lastly it's doable so eliminating sugar from your diet may be challenging certainly in the first few days Mm -hmm. because of the side effects you may experience but stick with it and because um, it's worth it yeah if you give us 100%. a week two three weeks it'll become second nature and you won't even miss it no. and when you have something that's sweet you'll be like oh that is so sweet hi There's Nelly my dog <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah stick with it don't give up and get discouraged so we hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful if you do please uh, we well we thank you first of all for listening thank you and please can you share it we're on uh, iTunes Spotify and also Google Podcasts now uh, so you can't get rid of us we're everywhere <laughs> um, but if the more you share subscribe rate us you know, help us out and uh, we, then we can kind of reach more people because the whole point of this is to try and get out there and get some information that people don't necessarily know or can't easily find so thank you thanks kim keep in touch thank you yeah Um, and uh open for ideas yeah if anyone has anything you want us to cover if you have questions or want more information about something we talked about happy to give it absolutely you can always drop us a send us a message on the facebook page or just put a comment in there as well so have a great week and we'll be back at it next week next week take care